0: It is good to be with you again. Um, I love God's word. I hope you do too. And so I am loving this series that we're doing on anchor verses. And let me tell you, the reason that I'm up here this weekend is because uh, I happened to be in the sermon planning meeting. And there was a bunch of us sitting around the table, and we were going through the different weeks and the different verses. And they're like, you know, there's just some we're not going to have time for. We're going to have to cut some of these. And like, I think we're going to have to cut. Philippians 4, and they kind of went on, and I'm like, no, Philippians 4, there's no, you can't cut Philippians 4, like, those are my verses, like, they, they got me through, and they're all like, well, I guess we know who's preaching then, so note to self, (laughs) if you're ever in a sermon planning meeting, don't open your mouth unless you want to preach, (laughs) But seriously, it is such a privilege to be here and share the Word of God. Um, Wow, it's it's really a privilege. So I'm going to start off by reading our anchor verses for this weekend. And they come from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Do not be anxious about anything. (laughs) Easier said than done, right? especially in the world we are living in. Even the most seasoned believers have a hard time with this verse. And let me assure you that I understand how difficult it is to even think that this is possible. But how many know that when we go through difficult seasons, when we go through a wilderness, that usually ends up becoming our ministry. And it helps you because you can speak with confidence about the things that you've struggled with yourself. So today, I can tell you with absolute certainty that God's peace overcomes anxiety, depression, and fear because I have experienced it myself. Yeah. So for about 10 years, I battled with anxiety. And it would come and go, I'd I'd have great days and I'd have really bad days. And I can remember when I would lay down at night to go to bed, and I would all this I could feel this dread, this just feeling of dread coming over my body, and I would get sweaty and clammy and, and I would breathe heavy and I, I even had a little um, paper lunch bag next to my bed that I would breathe into so that i wouldn 't hyperventilate and it was awful, like I could feel it coming, just this heaviness over me and And during the day, I couldn't concentrate. I just found myself caught up with all these thoughts in my mind, and I couldn't turn it off. And then on top of it, I felt tremendous guilt because I lived such an amazing life. And God is so good. How could I be feeling this way? Uh, In 2013, my sister passed away at the age of 50, And about six weeks after she passed away, I was in Arizona. And I happened to drive by where she used to work. And I had this stug moment. And that just stands for a sudden, temporary upsurge in grief. If you've ever lost someone, you know what those can be like. Maybe you smell someone's perfume, or you see someone that looks like a a loved one that you lost, and you have these stug moments. But it was after that that I found myself spiraling into a deep depression, And many of you can relate to my story. I know that there's some of you sitting here right now that are dealing with anxiety and fear and depression. All of us deal with these things at varying times in our life to various degrees. But if this past year has taught us anything, too, it's that the world is just unstable and uncertain. The news is depressing. And it would be impossible to live life like we don't have a care if we only focused on what we can see in the natural. But God didn't just give us a command in Philippians 4. He taught us how to obey this command. So let's read that passage again. I'm gonna read all of it again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things. When I was battling anxiety these were what I these verses were what I clung to. They are my anchor verses. Now, there's various attacks that can come against our minds. Worry, anxiety, dread, fear, depression, these are all tools that the enemy uses to try to move us out of a state of peace. Sometimes there's a chemical imbalance involved in this attack, but often our lack of peace is just due to our, wrong, our own wrong thinking. Worry is a good example of this. One definition defines worry as to torment oneself with disturbing thoughts. That sounds pretty horrible. But worries are really just predictions. We predict all of the bad things that could happen, and then we torment ourselves with these disturbing thoughts that we invented. But do you know that most of what we worry about never actually happens? One study found that 85% of what people worried about didn't happen. And of the 15% that did happen, 79% of those people said, I handled it way better than I thought I would. So really, 97% of what we worry about never amounts to anything. We are tormenting ourselves with disturbing thoughts about events that will likely never take place. Mark Twain said, I am an old man, and I have known a great many troubles, but most of them never happened. Our enemy spends so much time and so much effort trying to keep us from living in a place of peace. When the enemy attacked me with anxiety, it was his attempt to marginalize me. He wanted me sidelined. He wanted me so caught up in myself and how miserable I was feeling that I would be ineffective for the kingdom. He didn't want me leading our women. He didn't want me telling women that they have an amazing potential and that God loves them and values them. He didn't want us having a sparkle conference where thousands of women would be challenged and brought to salvation. He was trying to sideline me. Because that's the secret the devil doesn't want you to know, is that he can't manage a child of God who remains in peace. Peace is powerful, and we have to learn to live in it every day. Now Paul, who wrote these verses in Philippians, didn't say, don't worry and be anxious, and then just leave it, leave it for us to figure out. He went on to tell us what to do. So let's look at verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So the first thing we have to do is pray. We need to pray about everything. I don't care how big it is, how small it is. We need to pray about it. And when we go through situations that are stressful, we find ourselves praying more, right? I'm sure you're like me, that when things are going great, we're not as needy to our Heavenly Father, but when they're not, we pray more. And when I was dealing with my anxiety, I was in a constant state of prayer. I needed him every second. I remember there was a song, um, KTIS, there was like a remake of that song, I Need Thee Every Hour, and I'd be, no, I need thee every second, like every breath. Hour, that's way too long. I remember just being desperate. But the kind of prayer that Paul is talking about here is an exchange. We trade worry for prayer. In prayer, we give what worries us to God so we don't have to think about it anymore. And if God has the problem, we have nothing left to be anxious about. I found that in order for my prayers to effectively keep me from worrying, I had to know God well. If I don't know him well, I won't fully trust him with my problem. And if I don't trust him, then I'll keep worrying about it. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up in this. They, they give their problems to God, but then they take it right back. Because they don't know him. They don't trust him. Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. Paul could fully entrust his situation to God because he was absolutely sure that God was who he says he is. My experience is that the better I knew him, the more I trusted him. And the more I trusted him, the more peace I experienced. How can we quit worrying if we don't know the character of God? How can we trust him if we don't have a relationship with him? We have to know God. And to get to know him, we need to spend time with him. We read his word. We celebrate him in praise and worship. And we talk to him just like he's a friend because that's what he is. He's with us every second of the day. Then when we know him, we can make that exchange that Paul's talking about where we give our troubles to him in prayer because we're persuaded that he will keep what we commit to him. The second thing Paul told us to do is to be thankful. We are to pray our prayer with thanksgiving. Prayer with thankfulness is an anxiety crusher. I love that. Prayer with thankfulness is an anxiety crusher. Remembering what he's already done puts us in the mindset of believing that he will do it again. Gratitude leads to faith. It reminds us that God is good, that he is faithful, and his promises are true. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. There it is again. Peace is tied to being thankful. In my trial with anxiety, it helped me so much to remember that God has already been so faithful to me. I had so much to be thankful for, and I would write down those blessings. It helps to write them down and actually see them. When I remembered how good he was, I was better able to trust him with that situation that I was in. John Wesley said, Thanksgiving is the surest evidence of a soul free from anxiety. Have a grateful heart for all that God has already done. The more you focus on God's goodness, the more you will find it natural not to be anxious. The third thing Paul told us to do is to have intentional thinking. With the mindset that God is good and that he is faithful, now we can begin to replace our anxious thoughts with better ones. The enemy is attempting to derail us, when we use our own wrong thinking. And if he can get us thinking wrong, then he's in a better position to pull us out of that position of peace. And our thoughts are an area of vulnerability for us and an area that we have to protect. So let's return to our passage and focus on verse eight, where Paul tells us how to think. He says, to think about things that are true, noble, Right, pure, lovely, and admirable. He said to focus on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Think about all the thoughts you have in a day. Do they fit into that list? Gossip, doubts, negativity, envy, jealousy, all the things. They don't fit into those categories and it's, never that you'll, it's not that you'll never have a bad thought cross your mind or you won't be in situations that you, you have to deal with, but if we fix our mind on those thoughts, like, like Paul says, we'll be able to overcome those situations. Now, other translations say that we are to meditate on these ways of thinking. The Amplified Bible says, Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your mind on them. It's the thoughts that you dwell on that will either help you or immensely get you in all kinds of trouble. It's the ones you dwell on. Of course, we're going to always have, Satan throws those negative thoughts in there, those fearful thoughts. You don't have to dwell on them. We have a choice in that. We need to, a, another way to think about meditating or um, fixing our thoughts is you pound it in or drill it in. We need it to get in there, and following this one principle could save us countless hours of needless worry, anxiety, and fear because so much of the information that we take in on a daily basis isn't even true, let alone passing the test. Much of what we hear in the news isn't true. It's not lovely. It's not admirable. Our, our, our enemy is the father of lies. He loves to whisper lies, hoping that we'll fix our attention on them. And we can't allow him to distract us in this way. Do you know that we can never stop in our own strength? Just saying, you know what? I'm not going to think bad. I'm not going to think bad. I'm not going to think bad. Um, I can do this. I can do this. I will not worry. I will not worry. That, that doesn't help. What we need to do is fill our minds so full of the right kinds of thoughts, the thoughts on Paul's list, so there's no room for worry or fear or doubt. Isaiah 26.3, I love this verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. We have to keep our minds stayed or focused on God. Again, this is a choice I remember those feelings of dread coming over me at night, and now I think, why did I let that happen? I I remember them coming and just being like, oh, here they come, I'm not gonna be able to sleep, this is horrible, no, we don't have to let them in. No matter what you're worried or anxious about, the Word of God addresses it. There's a promise that speaks to any need that you have. Find that promise. Do some digging in his word. It will take time and effort, but the words you find contain the power that will bring the freedom that you need. Once you have found your promise, meditate on it. Intentionally choose to focus and dwell on it and fix your mind on it. This is our part. Peace isn't automatic. We have a role to play in it. Our role is easy, We just need to find out what God says and then believe it. We let that peace rule. I did this by finding the promises, and my favorite promise was this promise in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. I wrote it down on note cards. I carried it with me wherever I went, and when the anxious thoughts would rise up inside of me, I was ready. I was armed with my weapon, right—the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I would take out my note cards. I'd feel that anxiousness coming on, and I was like, "No, I am going to stand on God's promises, and that the word of God. When you speak it out loud, it's a powerful weapon. Don't just read it; speak it out. It talks to your spirit, and it's so simple, but it's profound, and it really works. I can attest to that, that it works. And we can't always choose our circumstances, but we can choose our mindset. I can choose to have faith over fear. I can choose to dwell on what God said rather than what my fine senses are telling me or what's going on around me. And if we choose to give God our cares, we are care free. God has invited us to say to him, I give this to you. Now you've got it. You take care of it. 1 Peter 5 7 tells us that casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. When we hold on to our own cares and our own worries, it's hard to think of much else because the weight of them has our constant attention. But we don't have to carry this load. The Lord offered to, take, to carry it for us. In John 14, 27, it says, "'Peace I leave with you. "'My perfect peace I give to you. "'Not as the world gives do I give. "'Do not let your heart be troubled, "'nor let it be afraid.'" Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. Just reading that, I get strength and courage just from reading those verses. And Jesus said those verses shortly before his crucifixion. Think about it. He was saying to his disciples, they were about to go through a horrible trial. They had left everything to follow Jesus and they were about to watch him die. It was looking like all was lost, like they had done everything but for nothing. But even in this, Jesus told them, Do not let your hearts be troubled. It was up to them to receive that peace. Now, another word for peace is shalom. And it means more than just freedom from difficulty or tranquility, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness, and delight. A rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts are faithfully employed under the arch of God's love. I love that. That's just beautiful. Basically, shalom is the way that things ought to be. Universal flourishing. Now, Jesus gave us his peace, but then he left it up to us to choose it. He never withdraws his peace, we are the ones who step out of it because we allow ourselves to be troubled and afraid. We permit our hearts to be agitated, disturbed, and unsettled. When these types of anxious thoughts dominated my thinking and stole my peace, I had to learn to use those negative emotions that caused that caused this as a prompt to examine what I was choosing. Was I worrying or praying? Was I grateful or grumbling? Was I thinking about my problems or was my mind on him and his word, thinking the way that he thinks? Hebrews 4.11 says, Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter the rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves. Entering the rest of God requires effort on our part. We can choose to live in peace That should be good news today. We can choose it. After Paul told us not to be anxious, to pray, to be thankful, and to think correctly, he left us with an amazing promise. In verse 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Paul says if you will do what he said to do, the God of peace will be with you. And in verse 7, it says that his peace will transcend all understanding or surpass all understanding. Surpass means to hold above or to rise above or to be superior. God's peace is superior to all understanding. We can have peace when it doesn't make sense to have peace. He also said that peace will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And guard is a military term. Philippi was a military city, so they would understand this term, guard. And it means to keep or protect. God's peace will keep and protect our hearts and minds. That verse was what I clung to. God's peace will keep our hearts and minds as a promise. And when I was in my darkest moments... some days i didn't know if i wanted to live and i know there's people out there that feel that way and i know that god allowed me to go through this so that i can empathize with you and know the darkness of depression it's so dark the enemy was telling me lies that i was going to go into an institution and that rob would lose his ministry and this church would just be nothing and those are lies that the enemy told me and i know they sound ridiculous but that's what he does he lies and he tells us ridiculous things that we start to believe because we're not strong enough to put the word of god back in his face so i'm here today to say if you are struggling this with this not today, satan right not today I knew I was going to need these. <laughs> the enemy is such a punk. Oh. Oh. He whispered lies to me like, you know, depression's in your family. It's just part of who you are. And if you've heard that lie from him before, can I just tell you, It's a lie. It is a total, bold-faced lie. Because God sees you. He knows right where you are. He has not abandoned you. He is waiting for you to claim and fight for your peace. (laughs) Life is too short to live miserable. You know what? Do whatever you need to do. Go visit your doctor, go to a Christian counselor, talk about it, reach out to your friends. I, that's the best thing that you can do. When I was going through my depression, I sent texts out to my friends in ministry and said, please pray for me. The enemy wants you to suffer in silence. He wants you to feel like you're the only one going through what you're going through. I'm here to tell you, you're not the only one. Talk about it. Reach out. Get help. God has such great plans for you. And I just want to encourage you with that today. I am now walking daily in the peace of God. He has healed my mind. I am so thankful. You know, it didn't happen overnight. It's a process. I had to learn to trade my anxiety for his peace. And you can learn it too. So let me leave you with this. Worry about nothing. Instead, pray, pray, pray for everything with thanksgiving. Then God's peace will guard and surround you in ways that you'll never understand. It's a promise, he will do it for you like he did it for me. Oh, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your peace, God. Lord, I thank you for healing my mind and I pray right now, God, that this is going to just begin a process of healing, God, over our church. I just pray that people that are struggling with anxiety and depression, God, they are going to be free. They are going to trade their anxiety in for peace, God. They're going to fight for their peace. They're going to do whatever they need to do, God, to get help, to reach out, Lord, because you love them so much. You don't want them to stay where they're at, God. So help us all to trade our worries for your peace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.